here, I'm working off my tuition in the wilds of Alaska. And contrary to what you might think, I love it. I am woman, hear me roar. singing what they were all thinking out loud. Coming up, some quick bites on Cruella, Inside, Chicago, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist and Northern Exposure, plus a mega American serial taste testing showdown. Welcome to the Film and Food Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Roberts, and thank you for joining us for episode 16. Well, I really can't wait to share this episode with you. Firstly, we have a great slate of movies and TV shows to review. Secondly, I have a bunch of previous guests and a brand new guest for a mega taste testing of American breakfast cereals. And thirdly, we have a great wildberry Alaskan cobbler recipe for you to try at home. But before I introduce this episode any further, I wanted to say a quick welcome to the Film and Food Podcast. We celebrate all things culinary and cinematic in film, so if you're a foodie, or a cinephile, or both, like me, this is definitely the podcast for you. We have many different ways that we do this, including film and food reviews, quick bites episodes, fantasy film and food drafts, and more, so go back and check out our past episodes, and subscribe while you're at it. Okay, let's dive into this week's episode. If this is your first Quick Bites episode, let me tell you how it works. Basically, this is my chance to give you some quick thoughts on everything I've been watching lately. Not everything I get to watch has enough food in it or is worthy of devoting a full film and food review for the podcast. And so this is a great way to let you know on everything that I've been watching, maybe something that you want to hear my thoughts on. And yeah, I do that in a Quick Bite format. And I also give you at least one or more recipes for you to try at home in a Quick Bites episode. So this edition of Quick Bites is a mostly 2021 new release edition. And before we move on to the Quick Bites, I wanted to let you know that originally I was going to review In the Heights on this episode, but we in Sydney have just entered a full lockdown. Cinemas are closed for the next two weeks, and I really wanted to get this episode out The good news is that you can hear my thoughts on In the Heights in the upcoming Tawny Frogmouth August edition. So I'll be able to get to a theatre and I'll be able to share my thoughts with you in the August Tawny edition of the magazine. So make sure you go to the Tawny Frogmouth online or if you're lucky to live in the Northern Beaches, you'll get it in your letterbox. Uh, Around August, you'll get that and you can hear my thoughts there. I'm a bit sad I don't get to share it on this episode because it's one of my most anticipated films of 2021, but for now, we'll move on to our first quick bite, which is for the new Bo Burnham comedy special, Inside. I don't know how well you know Bo Burnham. For me, it's been a bit of a journey of getting to know him since maybe three or four years ago, finding his comedy stuff on YouTube and online. Uh, I loved his 
directorial debut and the film he wrote called Eighth Grade. It was one of, in my top 10 films of 2018. And then all of the buzz and all of the raves were coming out with this new special. About a month ago, Bo seemed to come out of nowhere and let everyone know that a full feature length comedy special was going to be dropping on Netflix. And of course, that is a reason to get excited and a reason to celebrate because Bo Burnham, without a doubt, is one of the best comedic voices in the world today. He is so great at wordplay. He has so much talent. He probably has more talent in his little toe than I do in my whole body. He can write, he can sing, he can act. He touches on the issues of today in ways that don't feel like he's preaching. He's very self-aware and he's just really funny. And so I was very much looking forward to this special. Obviously, the hook to this special is that Bo Burnham was in his house for a year over the course of the COVID-19 pandemic, and he shot, he edited, he wrote the music, he did every single thing on his own in his house to create this comedy special. And what he has given us may be one of the best pieces of art to ever come out of the 2020 COVID-19 pandemic. Um, There's going to be a lot of movies and TV shows, some already have come out in different degrees of quality, and I think this one will stand the test of time, because Bo Burnham doesn't really talk about COVID-19 much in his show, but it feels like the themes and the mental health journey that he lets us into, and the sort of different moments of apathy and brilliance that come out of being in your home for a year, are... just so powerful and so relatable and he obviously talks about way more things in his special and we'll get to that in a second a lot of people think that this is just a comedy special i have to let you know it's it is a comedy special but it is actually like a film like it is more than comedy uh and a lot of it like you may not be laughing you may just be sort of dwelling and listening and hearing what bo burnham is saying and it's emotional and it's vulnerable and it's raw and it's real and it may be his masterpiece so far we're able to journey with him Uh, we see him reacting to his 15 year old self when he first broke out on youtube we hear him talk about the cost of his fame to his early childhood um, how he's grown up really quickly because of being shot into the spotlight because of his comedy we obviously hear him talk about his mental health journey Um, It's very sad when he talks about how in January of 2020, he was ready to go back into comedy after about a five-year hiatus, and boom, then the pandemic happened, which is very relatable to everyone who at the start of 2020, a new decade, a new year, had plenty of goals and things that they wanted to do with their life, but then found those just shattered uh, by the COVID-19 pandemic, plus a lot more, obviously. So he talks about all of those things. He touches on the issues of today, on racial inequality, on global warming, on imperialism, uh, so much more. But it's just so creative. I could talk about this special for hours. The way he uses lighting in his own house, the way he shoots, the way he's able to just achieve all of these different moods and settings and lighting. The production value is absolutely out of this world. And the songs are just always incredible. And talking about the songs... I actually want to talk about some of my favorite songs from the special. Not going to get into spoilers so much, but if you haven't watched the special, maybe you want to go and watch it so that you can know what I'm talking about when it comes to the songs. Because as soon as he released the songs on Spotify, I have just been listening to them over and over and over again. 
yeah, there's a lot of them. The first one I want to talk about is White Woman's Instagram, which is where Bo is channeling the energy, pretending to be a young white woman and just going through all of the different generic posts that most young white women seem to be putting up on Instagram. The production level in this is so insane. He is so good at creating all of the different shots and backgrounds and everything that will go into these posts. And it's very, very funny. It has a really sweet touching moment when the aspect ratio changed. The whole song is in the aspect ratio of an Instagram post, but then it merges into widescreen when Bo, playing the young white woman, is sharing about how she's lost her mum and is being real and emotional and vulnerable in her post. And it suggests that this may be the first time that she's using her social media to be real and honest rather than hiding behind the posts she usually put up. And it's also, I think, a way of Bo giving humanity to these people instead of just relentlessly mocking them. We also have How the World Works, which is where Bo is singing a song about how the world is great when we all just work together. And then he has a sock on his hand called Socko, who then explains how the world is actually built on blood, genocide and exploitation and how the imperialist capitalist world has sort of dominated humanity. And it's very brutal. It might ruin your day and help you re-examine the world you live in. But it's very clever because Bo then goes and quiets his sock because of saying these things. And it's a bit of a depiction of how the world actually works according to Socko. So you know what I mean if you've watched this special. So it is another really creative song. He has a song called FaceTime with my mum tonight where he just goes through what FaceTiming his mum for 40 minutes is like, which is very relatable and very funny. And the other songs I want to talk about, Welcome to the Internet, which is basically Bo's sequel to a song he did about 10 years ago called Welcome to YouTube, where he just talks about how the internet has grown and changed and the good things and the bad things and just this complete crazy thing that is now dominating the world and how it, what it gives to the world what it takes away from the world and how it is made Bo famous and probably contributed to some of his mental health problems. It's probably the best song in the show. The line, can I interest you in everything all of the time? Boredom is a tragedy and apathy is a crime is pretty genius and basically sums up everybody's relationship with the internet, I feel like, unless they have incredible self-control. And then the final song I want to talk about is All Eyes on Me, which is one of the final songs in the show. And one of the most heartbreaking because it's basically Bo's most raw and honest and vulnerable song where he talks about his struggles with mental health and how he was having panic attacks on stage before he quit comedy and how he's ready to go back and he can see him performing to no one to this empty room and it is just a pretty heartbreaking song but it's pretty powerful and is one of the best in the show. I've been thinking about this special for weeks after I've watched it, and I think so is the whole. I definitely recommend you go and watch it. If if you know or like Bo, you'll be very happy with this special. I showed my wife like two of the songs because I thought she probably doesn't really want to watch the rest of them. Because if it's not sounding like it will interest you, it probably won't. It's probably not for everyone, but I really, really enjoyed it, and I would highly recommend you go and check it out. It is on Netflix right now. Probably going to be on my top 10 of the year unless... A lot of really good stuff comes out, which it seems like. So we'll wait and see. Go and watch Bo Burnham's Inside. Okay, moving on to our second quick bite. We're going to talk about the new Disney live action film, Cruella. 
Cruella is directed by Craig Gillespie, who directed one of my favorite movies back in 2017, I, Tonya, which was this dark but also comedic retelling of the story of Tonya Harding. It has amazing performances by Margot Robbie and Alison Janney. And so I thought it was a pretty perfect choice to get him for this movie, which is, of course, like a villain's origin story. It's a bit of a sequel, prequel to 101 Dalmatians. And so he basically has the chops to deal with that sort of villainous, empathetic sort of movie like he did with Tonya Harding. And so, look, this wasn't on my most anticipated list of the year. And I haven't loved all of the Disney live action remakes. They've made things like Jungle Book, Beauty and the Beast, The Lion King. They've done them all again. Those are all insanely good classic animated movies from the 90s. And so far, none of them have really convinced me that they needed to exist at all. But I wanted to go and watch this. I'd heard good things and I just wanted a good time in the theater. And Cruella definitely is a very fun, good time in the theater. It stars Emma Stone as Estella, who turns into Cruella. It also has Emma Thompson as the Baroness. And it also stars... Paul Walter Hauser, who broke out in 2017's I, Tonya, as well as Joel Fry, who was very funny in the movie Yesterday. This movie is a origin story of how Estella went on to become Cruella and became this iconic villain, who also is a terrible person, we can't forget that, and maybe the movie doesn't go far enough to tell us why she is so terrible, but this was just a very fun time at the theatre. There was nothing too special or radical about the plot, but you need to go and see it for the two performances by Emma Stone and Emma Thompson. They sank their teeth into every single line delivery, every single flourish or movement. Their rivalry is so engaging and brings you right into the movie, and they're just perfect. There's the right level of camp, but they also bring a good level of nuance into their roles, and... I mean, they're both Oscar winners. Emma Stone is amazing. She won an Oscar for La La Land. Emma Thompson is obviously amazing in a lot of the Merchant Ivory films of the 90s, but she's also given a stellar work this decade as well. Yeah, these two women absolutely give 110% in their roles in this movie. The second reason that you need to go and watch this movie is the production value, but particularly the costumes. Obviously, Cruella is a fashion designer and has a great sense of fashion herself, and this whole movie is based around the fashion world. And so you'd be a bit disappointed if there weren't incredible costumes. And they brought the right person along for this movie. Jenny Bevan, if you don't know who she is, she designed costumes for many, many famous movies over the past years. But she won her Oscar for A Room with a View, which was a Merchant Ivory film, as well as the costumes for Mad Max Fury Road. So... Not only does that prove that she's very good at her job, she's also very diverse in the costumes that she can create. The costumes in this movie are Oscar-worthy. They may win the Oscar at the end of the year unless something incredible comes along to beat them. And their costumes are so literally interwoven into the movie that you can't help but notice them. They're part of the one-upmanship between the two Emmas in the movie. and They're part of each women's character. I'm not a fashion designer. I'm not really into clothes but I love good costumes in a movie and so if you do too great performances and great costumes you're gonna have a good time yeah there are some things that just aren't perfect with this movie the soundtrack is great but it is way 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 too many songs it's quite on the nose and I had a feeling Disney 
had a lot of say over what songs got put into which scenes because they hired maybe the best composer working today, Nicholas Bretel, to do the score. And there wasn't many opportunities where you actually heard that score, which was a bit disappointing. The story isn't great. The 15-minute prologue at the beginning, there's moments that are quite ridiculous. Look, that they're minor critiques. I would give this movie a 7 or 8 out of 10. I had a really fun time. And if you just want to go into a movie and not think too much, but just be wowed by some good costumes, some fun energy, and some great performances, I definitely recommend you go and check out Cruella. It's one of my favorite of the uh, new live-action remakes. It's probably still in theaters wherever you are, but it will probably be on demand or in DVD, Blu-ray soon. Okay, let's move on to our third and final film of the Quick Bites episode, and that is the 2002 Oscar-winning film, Chicago. I absolutely adored this movie. I had such a blast with it. If you don't know what it is, it was a director Rob Marshall's directorial debut back in 2002. He'd been working in the theater world, and this production of Chicago was created by Bob Fosse, who did Cabaret in the 70s and so many other musicals. It wasn't that big of a success. It got reignited in the 90s to pretty amazing success, and then Rob Marshall came and adapted it into a film, which is the one we get in the 2002 films. So basically, the story follows two women who are arrested and put on death row for murdering their husbands. And in jail, they are trying to win the affection of this sleazy, sly, but smooth lawyer who is going to get them off death row, set them free, but most importantly, make them famous and also give them the attention and glory that they desire. Basically, this is Chicago in the 1920s where the justice system, the court system, was not really about justice or actually convicting people of crimes, but the movie itself reveals it to be this whole act. And the way that the musical numbers are used in the film is to portray the court system and the lawyers and the jail as this just this big elaborate act for fame and attention that it's empty and pretty meaningless and that people move on fast. We see, no spoilers, but we see that our characters don't get the fame and attention they want by the end of the movie because someone else comes along and murders their husband and he's on death row. And basically the lawyer character played by Richard Gere says, well, that's Chicago. That's what it is. And yeah, I was just blown away by the way they use the musical numbers in this show. Often, their musical numbers are playing as a fantasy version of life in someone's head or their literal metaphors of what is happening in real life. A good example is where Richard Gere is tap dancing in the musical number and then in real life he's going through his elaborate ruse with Renee Zellweger's character in the courtroom to basically convince the jury that she's innocent when in fact she definitely isn't. There's so, so many musical numbers. They're all absolutely incredible. I think my favorite is Cell Block Tango, which is where the six women talk about how they murdered their husbands and how they had it coming. It has such a kinetic energy and it's so well choreographed and it's just so powerful and it blew me away. I really appreciated the themes, how the musical numbers weren't just there for the sake of it, but had something to say about the story and the themes that were being presented on screen. The musical numbers would fail without the amazing work of the cast. This may be the best sung, performed musical movie that I've seen ever in my life so far. And I still haven't seen some of those classical movies, classical musical movies from the past, but 
everybody in this movie can sing and act and dance and it's just such a treat to watch. Renee Zellweger is brilliant in the leading role. I don't think she'd done many things like this before, but she's able to show quite a range from acting as this innocent victim to the courtroom and to the world, then at other times acting very fierce and vicious and being quite vindictive as she has the rivalry with Catherine Zeta-Jones character. Of course, then we have Catherine Zeta-Jones who plays Velma Kelly and she won the Oscar for this role, which was completely 100% deserved. She is ferocious and brilliant. You just can't not look away whenever she's on screen because she just captures your attention and she's amazing. There's also Gear who just is outstanding as the lawyer, particularly in the courtroom scenes. I just couldn't stop watching. My attention was so riveted watching him just command the room. Like he had hooked me in and if I was a jury member, he would have convinced me as well. So that's how kinetic and engaging and just powerful his performance is. And I really, really loved it. We also have great work by Queen Latifah, John C. Riley, and the rest of the cast. They're all just absolutely fantastic. The music is fantastic. The costumes are brilliant. The production design. Just every single part of this movie is so, so well choreographed and put together. The editing is so kinetic. This movie is only an hour and 45 minutes, but I felt like it had been an hour by the time the movie had ended. It is just perfectly created. It's hard to get a perfect creation the first time you create a movie, and Rob Marshall, I think I've seen his other movies, and this probably is his best, and so I definitely recommend you go and check out this movie, Chicago. If you're a fan of musicals, if you're not a fan of musicals, give it a go. It's streaming on Stan at the moment. You can also rent it wherever you rent your movies. Go and check out Chicago, and I think you'll be as blown away as I was. Let's move on to our two TV shows. And the next quick bite we're going to talk about is Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. So, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist has the premise that a young woman has a random accident happen to her and then suddenly is able to hear other people's thoughts as songs and these songs are often full-blown musical numbers yes that is a really fun creative and genius premise and you're thinking well i really hope the show is able to pull off a premise like that well let me tell you that for me the show really lives up to the hype that the premise gives you of course in the first episode of this show we see zoe in an mri during the middle of an earthquake and afterwards she can hear other people's innermost thoughts as songs that are often performed as musical numbers around her, where she is the only one able to hear and see what is going on. This power then compels her to go and help these people with what they're struggling with or what is going on inside their head. Otherwise, these songs are relentless and they keep on coming to her until she goes and helps them. Zoe, before this, she was working as a coder at Sparkpoint. She had a workplace crush who was engaged and a workplace best friend. She has a sick father who is suffering from PSP and is losing his ability to talk and relate to his family, as well as dealing with her neighbors, dealing with her boss at her workplace. And over the course of the two seasons, she goes through the highs and lows and the awkward moments and the encounters with all of these different characters and the way they use the musical number superpower in this show could have been the downfall as well as the thing that draws you in because if they didn't do the musical numbers right then or if they kept on being repetitive and got stale really fast then it would have been an easy way to turn off the audience and go well I've seen this before 
are you going to bring me anything new? And especially in season one, the way that they use the musical numbers representing people's innermost thoughts is pretty genius and it changes all the time. Like we hear her boss played amazingly by Lauren Graham from Gilmore Girls and it is such a treat to see her perform some musical numbers. We see her boss perform these musical numbers that helping Zoe find out if she could get a promotion and she hears songs she hears songs performed by other characters sometimes the songs are in real life and we don't know as the audience until later and one time the song is performed in sign language by a death character and that was an amazing scene the show is really inventive in the way it keeps reinventing the wheel changing the superpower but keeping it realistic and keeping it with the story's beats as the characters grow and change and as things get worse for Zoe, things get better. Yeah, the musical numbers are very fun. Of course, in the first couple of episodes, the songs are complete number one hits. They're the number one hits from the 2010s, the 90s, the 2000s, the 80s. And sometimes it can be a bit on the nose in the first few episodes. But if you're there to have fun, you will really enjoy them. And over time, as they have drawn viewers in, they change up the songs. They give you ones you might not have heard of. And often the songs are really, really good representations of what the character is feeling. The choreography is really clever and creative. And the show is just really fun. It's really sweet. It's about Zoe learning to be a more empathetic person. The age-old debate of whether you should help someone with their problems or just stay out of it and wait for them to ask you for help. And it encourages you as an audience member to become more empathetic, to be sympathetic to the fact that those around us, even though they're putting on a brave face, they're probably struggling with something and you may be the one who can help them with what they're struggling with. The performances are really great. They have a lot of Broadway people, a lot of people from Glee, lots of great singers and actors and dancers all create this great, really well-produced show. It's really well acted. The songs and choreography, as I said, is already amazing. A great cameo by Renee Elise Goldsberry from Hamilton. She plays a boss of a different floor who... Zoe's best friend goes to work for in a couple of the episodes and that was really nice to see her in there and get a few musical numbers because obviously she was one of my favorites in Hamilton playing Angelica Schuyler. This is just the definition of feel-good TV. It is emotional. The character moments are really touching and really sweet and the arcs are really great and if you're a musical lover I think you will really really love this show. So before we move on to our final quick bite I wanted to talk about Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist a little bit more because this is what inspired me to do this mega American breakfast cereal taste testing showdown. So one day as I was watching the show, I noticed that they had a breakfast cereal bar in their workplace, in Zoe's workplace. And I thought, well, that's amazing because I love breakfast cereal. Who doesn't? And who wouldn't like to just go and get whatever cereal they want at work? So I had that in my mind. And as I walked by walking my wife to work one day to the ferry, I noticed that this shop had a bunch of American breakfast cereals and I thought what a better way to celebrate Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist by getting a bunch of my friends over and eating American cereal. Obviously we often don't have American breakfast cereals in Australia. I've never really tried them before. My guests had only really tried one or two before. I brought along some guests. So I had returning guest Clayton Waters from Waters to Beers. He came on for our episode for Parasite. I also had Charlie Bennett, who came on for our episode on The Founder, and it also had brand new guest Ben Vozzo. And so I brought these three guys along, as well as me, and we tried six different American cereals. We tried Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Cinnamon Toast Churros, Oreo O's, Pop-Tart Cereal, Cap'n Crunch, 
and Lucky Charms. So we gave them all, we rated them, we talked about them, we had a really good time. I want your feedback on this segment. I want you to tell me, did you like this? Was it fun? Was it interesting? Was this something we could go and do a taste testing of next? Is this something you'd like repeated on the show that we could do again? Or is it not? Did you not enjoy the segment? I want you to let me know. And also, let me know if you like American breakfast cereals. I know we have a lot of American listeners, and hopefully we don't offend you too much with our opinions of your breakfast cereal. I don't think we're accustomed to that much sugar in our breakfast cereals in Australia, but I definitely had a lot of fun trying them, and I'm really excited to share this American breakfast cereal mega taste testing showdown with you. So without further ado, let's move on to our mega American breakfast cereal taste testing showdown with Clayton, Charlie, and Ben. All right, so we have Charlie, Clayton, Ben to try out six different American cereals. So we have Lucky Charms, Cinnamon Toast Crunch Churros, Cinnamon Toast Crunch Pop-Tart Cereal, Cap'n Crunch, and Oreo O's. 4.5 litres of milk, and we're somehow going to rate and review all of this, but most importantly we may crash from a sugar high after all of this. So, gents, I don't I don't know what else to really say to get started on this. Yeah, say hi. I'm not going to lie, this is this is my dinner. Right. Yes, <laughs> I came here on empty stomach. I was, I was planning my whole day for this. It's what, seven, nearly seven o'clock now. Um, the fact that I don't have to cook, how good is this? So what are we what are we doing, Chris? So we've got, oh, yeah. how are we ranking these? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question. So, I'm probably going to regret this. Three oh, different. I'm probably going to put a few. Three different rice. categories: <laughs> flavor. It's pretty simple. Don't really need to explain that. Texture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, some cereals just aren't that great texture-wise. Like they either too soggy or they don't really like crunch well or whatever you want. Um, and then the X factor is just like American cereals are weird. Mm. So the, there's a lot of X factors in all these cereals, like the cinnamon. In a, in a cereal, I feel like, is the X Factor. So rate that. Give them all a rating out of 10, a final score out of 30, and then at the end, because I'm an actual nerd, I'm going to put them all in a graph and then give a final big tally out of everyone and Love rank it. them all. So all right. you're saying the X Factor is like a left out of left field kind of thing? That the, yeah, does it has. make it good? Does it make it not right good? On. Yeah, let's just start. Let's just we're start. Getting, we're going straight into it. Right. Um, Oh wow, he's really got the good milk. So I've good never milk. now what is this? Because I've never I've never unhomogenized. This is unhomogenized milk. So they don't smooth the cream out. The cream kind of stays on Yum. top in clumps. Maybe we should maybe we should let him try You're it. You're talking like, to my fat side now. Alright. <laughs> you should you should try it. You gotta Ben. Yeah. It's a full putting experience. the mic near you. Okay. And Mike's, then I want you to try this. The mic's near me. This milk is unreal. Howdy guys. I think the cream on the top's the best part. It looks yellow as. <laughs> creamy as. Smells creamy? Just tastes like full cream milk. I love full cream milk. Oh, good. So, as far as I'm concerned, I love this stuff. Clayton. Yes, mate. Pick a pick a cereal. Wow. Okay, well... Oh, that's a <laughs> tough one. Um, you know, we'll probably have to jump with the Cinnamon Toast Crunch, I think, to get us started, Chris. Um, if you're happy with that. Yep. Now... Anybody here actually eaten Cinnamon Toast Crunch before? Yes. Okay, I've, n- I've never had any one of these cereals. So this is my first go. I've only had Captain Crunch, really. Charlie's only had Captain Crunch. All right, Clayton, tell us what was your first thoughts 
Um, on Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Oh, geez, it's been a while since I've had it, but I think from memory, the cinnamon element and a little bit like, um, it just reminded me a little bit of like chai latte, a bit like Christmassy sort of vibes. So oh, that's really? what, um, yeah, that's what I got when I had it, but I'm looking forward to having it again. It's probably about five years ago since I've had this, so. Oh, wow. It's been a while. Was that, did you have that in America? No, I didn't though. I had it in Australia, but it was everywhere when I went there. It was like our wheat bix. Um, you walk down the aisle, bang. There's like I think there's like six variants of this stuff overseas. Do you reckon the health ratings the same or not? No, definitely, <laughs> definitely not. Yeah, no, definitely not. But um, yeah, can you give it a crack, man? Let's go. All right. I mean, have don't as much hold, as you don't want. Don't hold back, Chris. Don't hold back. I can't eat until everyone else is. We're doing. Um, you can't hear you can't hear the serving sizes, but we've got six cereals to get through. I mean, and I've, I've basically served Ben a full breakfast bowl. Yes, I'm so g. I mean, I'm probably gonna have do the a second. Same. <laughs> oh yeah. Thanks, yeah, I was gonna say you might want to get some, mate, considering this is your podcast. I'm pretty I'm pretty amped for cinnamon toast crunch. I do love cinnamon as a flavour. Alright, let's have a geese. Oh my gosh. Oh yes, chew into the camera. Okay, one by one you've got to give me reactions. ASMR. Charlie. This is so good. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I'm loving it. <laughs> ben. Hmm. You know, I'm not usually a fan of cinnamon, but this is killer. This is great. I can understand why people are fat in America. <laughs> Shout out to all your American listeners. Um, yeah, again, I, it's just like chai latte in a cup for me, which is like crunchy. That was everything I was hoping it to be mm. and more. The cinnamon isn't too powerful. It's subtle, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. Say that one more time. Let me finish a mouthful. The cinnamon isn't too... um. It's not too powerful. It's subtle. It's good. Mm. I think I like it as it gets along. A little bit soggy. I'm fiend for a soggy wheat bix though. Oh, and so how like, is that? yeah. So I reckon <laughs> as it gets like more milk into it, I reckon it gets better. Yeah, I think the first flavour was incredible. I slightly feel like the flavour diminishes a little bit as you continue to eat. Great. That would be all my criticism so far. I'm a bit of a fan of the texture. Um, but yeah, I would eat that every day. Now, I think I think the, the flavour diminishes because it gets leaked into the milk. Because you can see your milk has got all the cinnamon stuff in it. Mm. So, that's what I think the case is. That should, should have that been a category? Leaking into the milk. <laughs> that should have. For, for, next, for next episode, <laughs> next definitely. Episode. Yeah. Diffusion into milk. Yeah. And I'm a big cereal aficionado. I'll eat cereal at 10 o'clock at night, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, breakfast. Can I, can I just say as well, cereal at night, such a vibe. Oh my god. Such a vibe. Uh. <laughs> See, I was never massive on it, but my brother used to eat cereal anytime. He was a fiend. He absolutely fiend. loved it. I feel like a good question was, what's everyone's favourite Australian cereal? Oh, okay. That's a good question. The favourite Australian cereal would have to be... 
just hard one. I don't actually eat much cereal <laughs> anyway. I don't eat. I don't eat breakfast. Really? Yeah. Um, pick one. Top of your head. Fruit Loops. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Australian Fruit Loops, not American Fruit Loops. Australian Fruit Loops. <laughs> I don't know. Charlie, what's your? Probably Wheat Bix. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I'm a bit basic. You know, yeah, when no, I was little, I used to eat like twelve Wheat Bix. Oh, I could, I could easily pump a whole bowl oh, of eight wheat bix. Just great. yeah, you know what I love about wheat bix? The wheat bix, and then you add Milo on top. Oh, that or is a little bit of. So I used to put honey on top of mine and pump yeah. it, or like make sure melt it down a little bit, or yeah. make it soggy. I like soggy wheat bix. You know what my dad used to do all the time? He used to get the wheat bix, put it in, like put the milk in, and yeah. then he'd microwave it. Oh, my mum used to and do then that. He put, and then you put honey in it. Oh, so good. It's like a little wheat bix porridge type of thing. Literally, yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, wheat bix with honey and banana. Best. That is good. And I've also been eating a lot of this cereal made by Jordan's. Uh, it's like a strawberry oat cluster. I'm a big fan of clusters. Oh, yeah. Clusters in cereal is so good because I'm like so much crunch. A big fan of crunch. So. Wheat Bix Bites. Wheat Bix Bites. My girlfriend got me onto them. No, the apricot ones. Beth got me onto them. They have changed. I'm addicted. I've gone through through three boxes in the last two weeks. Really? Apricot flavor. Apricot flavor. Wheat Bix Bites. Okay, the X Factor of the cinnamon. You can't talk about it until no, we you, you talk about it. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just working. <laughs> oh, how can, we can't forget Cocoa Pops either. Oh, like Cocoa Pops is up there. Cocoa 100%. Pops is right yeah, up there. The milk diffusion in Cocoa, Cocoa Pops is just that's next level. That's, yeah. that's exactly they what They don't lie when they say it's just like a milkshake. The, the, milk, the milk at the end is the best bit. I'm pretty sure that's the word I'm looking for. All right, so, <laughs> boys, uh, we had a recording mishap. Quick yeah. thoughts on chur- on churro cereal. Oh. Well, it was still had that that cinnamon taste, a little bit stronger than the uh, the cinnamon one before. Nice, a little bit extra crunch. Be interesting to see what the scores are. X factor could be interesting though. I'm not too sure. The um, churros were sweeter than the um, the original. Satiate. Go on. Tell me what satiate means. It means to satisfy. I'm satisfied. Were you satisfied by the churros? Actually, was I was very satiated. My only problem with the churros is the size. Choking hazard. Choking, chewing, and choking hazard. Yeah. Yeah. I was happy with the churros. Much more crunchier than cinnamon toast crunch. And then the other cereal we missed was Captain Crunch. I was saying that Captain Crunch needs to be crunchy, and it was crunchy, but I didn't think it had much else going for it. It Looked like. What are they, corn kernels? Corn, corn kernels. kernels. Corn yeah, kernels. They look like corn kernels, mate. Yeah. If I went to the toilet, I wouldn't be surprised if they were the same shape. <laughs> <laughs> wow, see, we didn't get that on the original recording. Um, and then now we're just eating Oreos. Mm. So, and I'm getting Milo, Milo cereal vibes. I'm not going to lie. That is literally just the crushed up biscuit with milk. That's awesome. And I love it. It was amazing. Yeah, I don't know how much of more I could eat of it though. I don't know like about you. I can only have like three or four Oreos and then I feel like Oh yeah, then no I feel good. really fat and yeah. then I just it gives you that if you, it's, it gives you that it's, you think it's like too sweet. Yeah. That has Milo cereal vibes. It does, does doesn't it? I, was I used to eat a lot of Milo cereal back in the yeah. day. I'm a huge fan of it. Oh, so. I love it. But yeah, that 
You, I mean, I really just want to try crushing up an Oreo with milk. Now. Yeah, that if you could get the same thing, I'll be down. Because that's basically what it is. Mm. Yep. It's a win for me. It's a win. Um, side note. you know, that, Have you ever seen those double-coated Oreos? In the double stuffed? Is it double stuffed or double no, coated? No, they're double coated with Cadbury chocolate. Pop top. What? They are so good. Man, I need to clear my palate, as Bob could say. Two. I feel very satiated. <laughs> <laughs> Had to bring some, you know, I'm gonna find some you smart a, um, words. <laughs> Chris, I'm going to find you a breakfast cereal stout. There is such a thing. Like a. That would have been amazing. I couldn't find one really quickly. I had a look today, there was nothing around. Wow. They have men. They just have every beer now. Everything. They do everything. That's I'll find you one. It'll be insane. Alright. What do we want first? Are we going to leave Lucky Charms till last? Should we do Pop Tarts? Oh. I feel like Lucky Charms should be last. I feel a bit lucky. Yeah? Yeah. Pop Tarts. Let me just be dark oh, wow. Pop Tarts. Tell what the Pop Tarts look like. Cereal. What do they look like? You know like, those Charlie? fruity bites? Tell me. Fruity bites? Oh yeah, they look like, look like they look like wheat bix bites. Oh they do look God. like wheat bix bites. Oh my gosh! If they look anything like the box, it looks insane. I wouldn't be surprised if I saw them at a pastry store. Look, oh guys, have you ever been to Aldi and had Choco Pillow cereal from Aldi? No. Yeah. Oh very my good. gosh. No. Okay. Right. So I'm pretty sure it's got Looney Tunes on the cover, maybe. Right. But yeah, it does. it's like, it's yeah, basically, it's, it's like a little bite that's almost filled with this like hazelnutty flavour. And I'm a big fan of cereal that like has Gum. liquid in it. It kind of bursts. Really? I yeah. feel like yeah. this yeah. is what it's going to do. It's got frosted strawberry in it. Okay, I've never... Uh, oh does Fruity Bites have... I don't think I've ever had Fruity Bites. Fruity Bites is like oh, yeah. a wheat outside yeah. and the inside's like a little strawberry flavoured type of thing. In the okay, so I don't think I've ever had... Wow, they didn't. Holy, the smell is insane. Really? Is it? It smells like like nerds lollies on cereal. Oh, okay. Explain so, to oh wow. Explain You're to the wrong. audience what nerds lollies are. Oh, oh. this is a trip. Yeah. <coughs> <laughs> this could be electric. Hello. Yeah, I I might. I don't need milk. I might just eat these. No, you're gonna try it with milk. Oh, no, well, no, um, have a little bit. Just, have like, a little bit. No, I'm you definitely know, going to, but like, these are you, insane. You know, you know on My Kitchen Rules when Manu says that it melts in the mouth? Yeah. Literally. This literally melts, melts in the mouth. mouth. Yeah. Does this have the most sugar? Oh, yeah, so 100% it does. Just purely on palate. That's a lot of sodium. Yeah. That's wild. Pretty much the, the second one. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm not going to go off early here. This is going to be... My fat boy favourite one. Does you have any fat, fat boy favourite? Yeah. Like Where does fat, fat boy favourite come from? I just made it up. Okay. Oh, oh, nice. Yeah. Do you know what it looks like? I Some guess of them it's true, because what else do you do if you're eating American cereal? Yeah. Some of them have a bit more colouring on them. Tiny bit of milk. And they yeah. look like um, yeah, those, those biscuits with the the pink icing and then the hundreds and thousands on top. <gasps> That's yes. what like. Yes. I love those biscuits. They're so nice. Oh, yeah. Well, they, um, yeah, they're good biscuits. What are they called? I don't know, but they're really good. Like you could, Charlie. They just taste. Do some, do some research. Hundreds of thousands. No, the those those biscuits that have the pink icing on it with hundreds of thousands on top. Yeah, it's um. Gosh, what's the name? I know it. I know it. I know it. Oh. So 
much sweetness in this. So it's much insane. sugar. You reckon we'll go to bed tonight or what? No, I'm not. I'm gonna, I'm gonna crash when I get home. I'm so, so, I'm so sorry for inflicting this on you. <laughs> so what's in the center of this? Strawberry, strawberry. frosted, frosted, frosted strawberry. strawberry. Mm. Wow, it's a weird combination. It's just called hundreds, hundreds and thousands biscuits. That's what I call it. Ah, yeah. I got a lame name. Don't makes, sense, makes sense. <laughs> I mean. They're brilliant, so. Well, like, Pop-Tarts themselves as a thing are just ridiculous as well. They are. So oh. it just makes sense that, like, their cereal would be, um... I feel like this is the literal cereal, cereal equivalent of a Pop-Tart. Yeah. Like, it's... Absurd, oh. but dangerous, but guilty, kind of but amazing. slightly overhyped, too. I can't say I was incredibly impressed with this one. I just don't think I could eat a bowl full of it. No. no like, chance. I could smash a whole bowl no. of Nutrigrain. I could just no. imagine I couldn't eat a whole bowl eating this as a 7th grader and going to school. And getting like, a headache from it. My teacher oh. would hate me. I'd, I'd feel like so I'd sick. be bouncing off the walls in period okay. one and then, like, vomiting no, 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 at like, recess. If I had a whole bowl of that, I'd feel sick. Yeah. I reckon. I feel sick already and I haven't even had, like, half a bowl. No, no. The X Factor on it was insane. But everything else, man. The X Factor was the smell, <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> I can't believe it, but we're already there. Oh, I've oh, oh, you I guys did the wrong ones. Whoops. Lucky Thanks, charms, man. my goodness. Here I'm actually looking forward we to this go. Yeah, I am looking forward to this. Look Marshmallow in cereal. Frosted toasted oat cereal with marshmallows. This is a hype, I reckon. This this one could be the one. Look, I think the X factor of the marshmallows here might skyrocket this yeah. to oh. the top. I'll tell you what though, those Wait, pop tarts what? really put me off a little this bit. This has marshmallows in it. Marshmallows in it. You're kidding me. I love marshmallows. Yeah. This is um little side note, Chris, as well. Also gluten free. Ah. There you go. I could have had Beth try it. Unlucky boys. Well, you're feeling lucky, punk. I feel like if I have those pop tarts again, I'll probably throw up. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. How are we all feeling? Oh, like I feel so sluggish. Oh my gosh. They <laughs> look good. Hit us, hit us, Chris. Come on, dish it out. Last one, boys. Look at that. Might well make it look. Yeah. I can't wait. You got a macket. Now I'm really scared. <laughs> oh my gosh. What is this magical? Bean. These marshmallows don't look very soft to me. Yeah, they're crunchy marshmallows. No, that's not. That's not. No, that's no. That doesn't sit well with me, mate. Oh, marshmallows are meant to be soft, mate. But and the milk. They melt in your mouth, bro. Oh, if oh. the milk saves it. Yeah, that's genius. If the milk saves it. If the milk causes it to become soft. <coughs> like a marshmallow. Oh boy, here we go. Look at the food dye just come off into the milk. Oh boy. It's blue. I'm sorry guys, but I don't know if the FDA is as rigorous as Australian food no, standards. This so, just thinking with some weird chemicals here. This looks like Cheerios with lollies thrown into it. Yeah, my milk's um, literally gone green. <coughs> but it just, like I said, it tastes like Cheerios, but with... Oh. 
With lollies. It's Cheerios with lollies. Yeah. I concur. My milk's gone blue. Mmm. That's insane. Clayton has Avatar milk. Mmm. And you got Charlie got green milk. So oh, green. What I mean, heck? it's a lucky dip as to what color. I really milk have, is. I mean, lucky charms, lucky, lucky milk. You know. I can't do it. I, I stop. Actually, I kind of hate most of mine. <laughs> <sighs> yep. So everything that's not a marshmallow in this cereal is fairly bland, mm-hmm. and the marshmallows were okay. Oh, yeah. amazing. Nope. Just like little pockets of sugar. Hmm. It's staining my bowl. Alright, so. It's staining my bowl. To each of you, yeah. I want to hear your overall thoughts. Did they meet your expectations or not? And I want you to very quickly run me through your scores. So I'm going to go to Ben first. Sorry. Oh, no. Sorry, Charlie. Oh, sorry. Do you up? So are we starting from the top? Or you want me yeah, just give me overall impressions oh, first. Yeah. Well, just in general, how did you find the experience? Um, I'm staying in Australia. I'm not moving to America. Okay. <laughs> um, they were nice, but you can literally taste yourself getting fatter. Um, and I don't like that, frankly. I like healthiness, mate. That's what matters to me, health. Um, this is. These are more like... like Kids cereals um, that you give in small doses. It's not for adults, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, so you want me to you want me to run through each one? Yeah, quickly, okay. quickly. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Not a fan of cinnamon, but was quite nice. Um, Show me give the scores. Um, yeah, yeah, quick. Okay, fla- flavor. I gave these are all out of ten. Flavor I gave 6.5, texture I gave 7, X Factor I gave 7, which gives me a total score of 20.5 out of 30. Um, Cinnamon Toast Crunch Churros was a bit better. Um, The flavor was 7, texture was 7, X Factor was 7, which gave me 21 out of 30. Um, The Oreos O Cereal was standout favorite for me. I love Oreos personally, so it was great. The texture was great, and the X Factor of the Oreos was nice. So the flavor was 8, texture was 9, X Factor was 8.5, which gives me a grand total of 25.5. Then we had the, oh, we had the Captain Crunch actually before that one. Captain Crunch, quite quite underwhelming, you know? Um, It's hyped up to be something that it's not. So... It didn't give me an X Factor at all. I just, it was so bland to me. Um, I gave it a zero for the X Factor. The flavor was eight, texture was seven. I like the crunch. The crunch is good. It's probably what saved it. Oh man. Gave me a 15 out of 30 for that one. The Pop Tart Strawberry Cereal. Um, yeah, not sure about this one. It's, uh, I feel like they were running out of ideas on the, uh, on the board, just throwing stuff out there. So I gave it a flavor of six, texture of five, and the X factor of 7.5. The The texture is like, it was dissolving in your mouth, which is nice if you're eating it without milk. But with milk, it's um, it's a no-go. So that's an 18, 18.5 out of 30. 
And then the lucky last, lucky charms. Um, <coughs> the most underwhelming one, I reckon. The marshmallows were not soft, like I expect marshmallows to be. Um, and the flavour was just bland. So the flavour was six, <coughs> texture was five, and the X Factor was three, giving me a grand total of 14 out of 30. Voila. Experience, Charlie. Uh, great at the start, painful towards the end. I um I did the dumb mistake of finishing every bowl, and I completely regret it now. I've hit the massive sugar crash, and I probably will collapse and go to sleep after this. But what I had for mine will go like I'll run you through my top. And then I'll explain why. So first place, I had Cinnamon Toast Crunch Churros. Um, I gave that an 8.5 for flavor, a 7 for texture, and an 8 for X Factor. The X Factor for me felt really like the, the Churros, which is kind of... like I, I, I love Churros just by themselves, but having it as a cereal is just a slam dunk X Factor for me. Um, and the texture was so much better like it was crunchy the whole way through for me which i did love because it's called cinnamon toast crunch so you gotta be crunchy the whole way through um next up was oreos with the oreos um the flavor was 10 it reminded me so much of milo cereal and i just love milo cereal so that's flavor for me was just a slam dunk 10 but the texture i didn't really like as much i gave that a four and the X factor of the fact that it was just Oreos as a cereal, that was an eight. Like, man, Bang it. Bang <laughs> it's, it's just the whole idea of that is just ridiculous. <laughs> um, tied at third, I had Captain Crunch and um, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Now, I know that most people um, here won't agree with me, the Captain Crunch, but... <clears throat> With Captain Crunch, the flavour was a five. Like, it was good, but it, it wasn't as good as other cereals here. Its texture, though, was a ten. Like, it was crunchy. It was everything I expected it to be for its texture. It just tasted... Like, when you ate it, even though it didn't taste as good, like, the crunch to it just made it so much better for me. And then the X Factor was a six. Like, the box looked amazing. But, like, you can't really just have a box as an X Factor. So, yeah. I just thought, you know, that was really my thoughts around Captain Crunch. And then with Cinnamon Toast Crunch, I thought it was this everything that Cinnamon Toast Churros, just, it just was just under that. It was, the flavor was a seven for me. The texture is six and the X factor an eight. It pretty much, if it was actually crunchier, I reckon it would have been the best here by a mile. Like, it reminded me so much of French toast, actually. And that's why the X factor was an eight for me because it just reminded me of, like, at home with your parents and they make your French toast or away on holidays and, like, you have a nice French toast. Like, it just brought me back to those days of being, like, a kid. And just getting that. So, yeah. And then, number five was Lucky Charms. 
Now, I reckon Lucky Charms did get a bit of a rough rap being last. Now that I think about it, after going after some pretty rough cereals, like, after those Pop-Tarts, I mean, like, I couldn't really eat cereal. I, have to, I feel like if we had Lucky Charms first, it probably would have got a higher score for me. But however, like, the flavour for me was a four, the texture of five, but the X Factor, like, the box and the marshmallows, like... That X factor is insane. Like you could like having marshmallows in cereal is just the best idea ever. <laughs> but um, yeah, it just wasn't. It just wasn't enough. Like coming back from being so full and then having so many just bad cereals at the end, I guess. <laughs> and then finally was the probably the hardest and probably the worst cereal I ate was. Pop-Tarts strawberry cereal. Flavour a three. Texture a three. And then... Actually... And the X-Factor was a nine. I do like Pop-Tarts. I love Pop-Tarts by themselves. But... That X-Factor... Like, that's the only thing good about it. Like... The fact that, like, when you open that up... When you smell them, when you ate them dry... Like... There was crazy you're thinking man this is going to be the best cereal ever but once you put milk in there they just go heaps soggy and then you just eat it and it just tastes like a mess of so much sugar and sweetener and then it just melts in your mouth it's already melted in your mouth and it's just there just sitting and it's just bad aftertaste I, I just yeah the texture and Flavor for me, put it down heaps, but the X factor of the fact that it was Pop Tarts as a cereal really put it up there. So, those are mine. Well done, Matt. Very comprehensive. Yeah, right. Very comprehensive. Mine will be a lot quicker than that, that's for sure. Can I just can I just say, the longer you leave these marshmallows, the better they taste. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. All right. Well, for me, I'm not a massive cereal lover. Um, but, you know, obviously willing to give anything a crack in regards to film and food podcasts. So, the winner for me was the Oreos um, cereal. Flavor, eight, eight and a half. Texture, eight. X Factor, seven. Now, um, Chris, my X Factor was based purely on the box. So, other, that was my defining thing. So, um, the box was a seven. Um, it make make my milk happy. Um, that's what it suggested. And it was. Um, yeah, absolutely. The Oreos O'Seal. Um, it does have the shape of the burger rings, but just in pure crushed up Oreo goodness. Um, blue. It looks like the packet Oreos, and that's what I loved about it, the consistency. Really? It loved it. So that gave me a 23 and a half out of 30, followed very closely by the CTC Cheerios. Um, which I thought were very, very good. Tasted like a chai um, drink for mine, and the Cheerios are really, really nice. Super crunchy. Um, the box, the X Factor was a 7.5 for me. Um, the reason it actually beat what came in third, because on the back of the box, there's numerous faces, um, where you'll find on the other box, there is only one single face, so therefore it got a half a point extra um, for that, which does lead me straight into... Um, the Cinnamon Toast Crunch, which got um, sevens all the way through, so a 21. Um, and again, the X Factor um, on the back of the box only had one face, 
um, and that's what made it um, yeah half a point different. But that was um, pretty cool. Um, then we had the pop tarts for me, um, twenty out of thirty. Flavor just insanely weird, um, but I did love um, the fact that you could um, you know bite into it and get a little bit of straw reaction. That was pretty fun. Texture just odd, so it got an eight. Um, the X Factor, um, it's six for mine. Bit of a boring one. Um, the box, like it's pop tart, that's all good. Yeah, uh, yeah, super boring box. Got it marked down. Twenty out of thirty. Um, then I moved on to the uh, Lucky Charms. Now, this is where the X Factor really came in because the flavour for me was a four. Texture was a four. It was the worst cereal by far in it, but it actually slotted in at fifth because on the back there is a maze. Um, of the box so you can have some really bad cereal but you can um, help the lucky win and a magical charm and you can go through um, and solve your way all the way through a maze you can collect all the charms you're collecting all the charms um, that you will see in your bowl dissolving into blue milk at the same time so 18 out of 10 that's what I got into fifth and actually knocked off um, for the wooden spoon um, was the Captain Crunch um, which to me was the most bland, boring um, cereal. It got a five for flavor, six for texture, but seven for a kind of a cool box. Um, you know, obviously on the back, you got a bit of a name game um, and a find a word puzzle, pretty cool. Um, but not as, you know, I, I, the maze I think was a little bit cooler. So um, that's why I went with that one and it became six. So that's me, Chris. Oreo, Cheerio, Cinnamon, Pop-Tart, Lucky, Captain Crunch. Can I just say, we should compare Captain Crunch flavours. Yeah, we couldn't actually get all the other Captain <laughs> Crunch flavours. Sorry about that. Alright, so, I will also make this quick. Um, I didn't have a cool X Factor like Clayton, sorry, but I didn't. Um, you really thought about the boxes, did you? So, coming in first, for me, was the C CTC Churros. Um, I think it had the best texture out of the bunch. I gave it a nine and best flavor. I also gave it a nine and the X factor was an eight because it was not really an X factor of two cereals shared it, I guess it's probably harsh, but I got big score for me. 26 out of 30. Then I went to cinnamon toast crunch next after that, because I thought that was pretty good. I think if I was to have it again, I'd literally have it in like a glass of milk. Because I think I have a pretty metallic taste in my mouth now. And I think that's just the result of eat, eating American cereal. <laughs> and I don't know if that's entirely on Cinnamon Toast Crunch to blame. But I do, I'm a big fan of cinnamon. That's why I liked those two. Third for me was Oreos. As everybody said, I did like that it tasted like Milo cereal. And it did taste like a crushed up Oreo with milk. And if that's what you want. And they look like burger rings. And they look like perkerings. Um, I gave that a flavor of eight, texture of six, X factor was seven, 21 out of 30. I had this pretty controversially at fourth. I actually had Cap'n Crunch, which um, grew on me a bit. I was, yes, I was disappointed that the flavor wasn't as great, but the crunch was as advertised. Not much of an X factor, but the flavor was a six and the crunch really gave it a good score. So 21 out of 30. Nice. Then Lucky Charms is in fifth. Um, 
look, I wasn't really impressed with either of the two bottom cereals, I must say. Lucky Charms was disappointing. I wanted the mushroom marshmallows to be better, but they weren't. They were very colourful, and I feel like I ingested too many preservatives yep. because they're all in my milk. I mean, um, blue, so I gave it a five for flavour, a five for texture, and I gave it an X factor of nine because it's pretty genius to think of it. But I think the marshmallows are a bit too crunch. They've been preserved too long. They're not. They need to be fresher. It's so soft. Um, and then at the very bottom for me was Pop Tart cereal. This did absolutely nothing for me. Weird, flipping weird texture. It was a it was a weird flavor. It didn't really taste like strawberry to me. Um, and the X Factor is pretty cool because I have eaten a Pop Tart before and those were good. So, not. I want to go around, and I want to start from the bottom, and I'm going to go to each of you, and we can count our way up our rankings all the way to the top. No worries. So. What? So just. Start from the bottom door. Yep, starting at six, I had Pop Tarts. Charlie, what did you have? Pop Tarts. Clayton. Captain Crunch. Lucky Charms. Alright, at five, I had Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms. I had Captain Crunch. At four, I had Captain Crunch. I had two tired, so you can skip me. No, no, you make a decision. Oh, I can't make a decision. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. That actually tired. Don't make one. <laughs> I have to get Captain Crunch. <laughs> Pop Tarts. What about two? Four? Yeah. Pop tarts. Uh, at three, I had Oreo O's. I had Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I had Cinnamon Toast Crunch as well. At two, I had Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I had Oreos. Cinnamon Toast Crunch Cheerios. Cinnamon Toast Crunch Cheerios. And at number one, I had Cinnamon Toast Crunch Cheerios. I had number one, I had Cinnamon Toast Crunch Cheerios. Oreos. Oreos. All the way, baby. All the way. Very nice. I've tallied all the scores up and into a score out of 120 for each cereal. So, starting at the bottom was Pop-Tarts. It only got 68 out of 120. They got the cereal spoon. Yeah, they they did get the cereal spoon. Um, Yep, we've already talked about it a lot. Lucky Charms only beat it by two. It only got... um, it got 68. Pop-Tarts got 66. So Lucky Charms got 68. The X Factor, man. The, the X Factor. The box, really. The box. It's box, got an amazing yeah. box and amazing colours. That's about it. Doesn't really have any much else. It's pretty well, considering we were underwhelmed. Captain Crunch got 75 out of 120. Then Cinnamon Toast Crunch came in third with 85. Then second was Oreo O's. With 92 and only beating it by 1.5 points. So out of 120, that's like literally less than a percent almost. Uh, was Cinnamon Toast Crunch Churros, which is our our universal choice of cereal. Well done. Yep. Boys, would we ever eat these cereals again? I'd only eat Cinnamon Toast Crunch Churros. No. Uh, not a whole bowl, no way. Give me wheat bix or wheat bix bites any day of the week. Or cocoa pops. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. Well, I wanted to thank you guys for coming on to trying this kind of weird, random thing. Um, I hope it was somewhat enjoyable. You don't have too much of a sugar coma right now. I'm gonna fall asleep on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. It was good fun. Thank you. Thank you. Very, very good. Yeah. Well, once again, tell us how you thought about that. Was it fun? 
What's your favorite American breakfast cereal? Would you like to hear it on the show again? It was something new, something I thought we'd try. And we had a lot of fun making it, but did you have a lot of fun listening to it? Let us know. All right, let's move on to our final quick bite of the episode. And that is for the really amazing show, Northern Exposure. Maybe you might not have ever heard of Northern Exposure. I certainly hadn't until I'd met my wife and spent time with their family, where Northern Exposure is a bit of a household treasure. It's a show that they had growing up when they were sick, and and it was just one of the shows where they watched it over and over again every few years. And as I went along dating and getting married to Beth, I'd saw a few episodes until we finally decided that we needed to watch it together. And so... Over the past few months, we've been watching the show, and now we're pretty much finished the show, and I wanted to talk to you about it. Northern Exposure, if you don't know, is a show that came out in the early 1990s. It ran for six seasons, and it's about a young Jewish New York physician who has to travel to Alaska to carry out some years of practical placement to honor the fact that Alaska paid for all his medical training bills. And so Joel Flashman, his name is, is thinking that he's going to go to Anchorage, Alaska, which is one of the biggest towns in Alaska, but instead he ends up in the very small fictional Sicily, Alaska, where the show is set. And he meets a whole bunch of different strange and wonderful, weird characters. Uh, He's a bit of a fish out of water. And so we go along with him as he has to overcome his pride and overcome his like New York mentality to actually be a physician settling in this tiny town completely out of what he's used to as he conducts his years of placement, honoring the fact that Alaska paid his medical bills. So the show stars Rob Morrow as Dr. Joel Fleischman, Janine Turner as Maggie O'Connell, Barry Corbin as Maurice Minifield, John Cullum as Holling Van Kerr, Darren E. Burroughs as Ed Chigliak, John Corbett as Chris Stevens, and Cynthia Geary as Shelley Marie Tambo, as well as a bunch of other amazing cast members. This is a show that maybe might not appeal to you as I first say it, and it wooed me in. I think in the first few episodes, I was a bit like Joel. I was a little bit concerned that what I was getting myself into and who these people were and the strangeness of some of their relationships and all that kind of thing, but immediately... I realized that this show is so, so charming. Over the course of six seasons, you feel like you've become a resident of Sicily, Alaska, and you grow to love and care for all of the characters in the show so, so deeply, and you get so invested in their lives, and there is just so much poetry and beauty and just creativity in this show that I think has gone really underrated. This is one of the most creative TV shows I've ever seen. It is one of the perfect uh, dramedies that mixes drama and comedy so perfectly. It uses dream sequences so incredibly well. They seem like they're having so much fun when a character is having a dream sequence or imagining something. Yeah, there's just so many ways that they use the show or the medium and cinema to bring about character moments. We have we have a character who at one point before she gives birth is able to communicate with her daughter when she's five, her daughter's when she's 10, her daughter when she's 18, and her daughter when she's in her 20s, which was really creative and really beautiful. We have an awesome episode, maybe my favorite episode, 
where all the characters are recast and we go back to the 1800s where Sicily, Alaska was founded and we find out all about how Sicily was founded and all of the characters in the show play different characters back then in history and it's really creative and really clever and really funny. We also have a similar episode like that where they all travel to New York and we get a glimpse of what all these characters might have been doing if they lived in Joel Flashman's world in New York. You just can't help but get swept up by the charm and the charisma and the beauty of the show. I love Chris Stevens' character, who's played by John Corbett, who you might know him from My Big Fat Greek Wedding, among other things. He's a disc jockey for K-Bear Radio, and they use his segments on the radio to illustrate plot points in the show, to bring a level of sophistication and poetry and beauty and philosophy to the show. That is really, really incredible and not overdone. I just encourage you to go and check it out yourself. This is not something that will be on streaming. I don't think I've looked hard. I don't know if you can rent it, but if you can find it there, definitely go ahead. We've been doing it the old-fashioned way. We have the box set, and we have been just putting them in DVD at a time into our DVD player and watching the show. And so if you want to invest, I definitely don't think that you'll regret watching the six seasons of this show. And I don't think it will be too expensive, but you could also just buy season one and let season one convince you to go and buy the rest of the show or also convince you to not go and buy the rest of the show. It's just the characters you fall in love with. Initially, you get freaked out by the age difference between a couple or just the different quirky characters that come along but you realize that this is a beautiful small town that all support each other that all love each other and just watching them grow through life is just a treat it's just the beauty of tv because it's comforting it relates to you as a human being it just leaves a legacy that you'll want to return to this show over and over and over again to go and meet up with your friends in Sicily, Alaska. And I'm so grateful that I got to watch this show. And it's definitely one of my favorites. Definitely something that I want to show to my kids one day. And I really highly recommend you go and check out Northern Exposure. This is where our quick bite recipe for the episode comes in. I was inspired by Northern Exposure. There's lots and lots of good food on the show. One of my favorite characters is the chef, Adam, who only comes in maybe... 10 episodes over the course of the whole show but is just the most hilarious funny character and has really strong opinions and is very strong-willed and so we get lots of good food over the course of the whole show but I didn't really want to make a moose burger or something like that and I got inspired by the fact that in Alaska there's lots of wild berries and so I have made a mixed berry Alaskan style cobbler this is a powerhouse dish it's relatively healthy It's incredibly delicious and is something great for winter that will warm you up and give you the same warm, cozy feelings that you have while watching Northern Exposure. And I think you should eat this while watching Northern Exposure or just eat this tonight and have it for dessert. It's easy to make and it's so incredibly delicious. And so I'm actually going to pass it over to my wife, Bethany, to hear her thoughts on my Alaskan berry cobbler. Fresh and wholesome and delicious and the um the fruity base was really sweet and had that like kind of jammy stickiness and the cobbler topping um was fluffy when i saw the dough i thought maybe it would be um like a bit dense but it wasn't it was like crumbly and sweet and just the perfect foil to the fruit and we had it with double cream which was so yummy 
I would give this definitely an 11 out of 10. Well, once again, Beth loved it. And I definitely think I'm going to be making this as part of my regular rotation of fruity desserts that we eat during winter. You can find that recipe in the show notes on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, on our website. Wherever you find us, you'll find that recipe. And let us know how you went. Did you make it? What did you put in it? Let us know. Show us pictures. We love to hear your feedback on our recipes. So make sure you go and cook that one and enjoy the Wildberry Alaskan Cobbler. Well, that about does it for this Quick Bites episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, can I ask you a favor? Can you give it a five-star rating and review on your podcast player of choice, preferably Apple Podcasts? These five-star reviews get us up in the rankings and allow us to find the people that need to listen to our show. So thank you to everyone who has given us a five-star rating or review already. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts or on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, Google Play, Basically, wherever there's podcasts, we'll be there. And to make sure you email us, the address is fans at filmandfoodpodcast.com. That's fans at filmandfoodpodcast.com. And join us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Let us know how you went with the recipe. What did you think of these movies and TV shows we talked about? What did you think of the American Cereal Taste Testing Showdown? What's your favorite American breakfast cereal? Give us feedback, suggest a movie to review. The most important thing to join the conversation. Until next time, goodbye and thanks for listening.